Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. The Gospel of John, chapter 20. All right? As you're turning, I, I want to uh, tell you a story. And uh, I, I actually hope, I, I hope this story I'm about to tell you did not really happen. All right? Because it's about a, a, a preacher, and I just cannot see any minister doing what this minister did, okay? So I, I'm hoping it didn't happen, but how this story came about, I, I don't know. But here it is. It's a, a story about a pastor who decided to play hooky on Easter Sunday of all days. Now, for those of you who don't know what it means to play hooky, it means you skip, okay? You skip, he skipped church. Uh, when I was in high school, sometimes kids would say, I'm gonna play hooky tomorrow. Meant they weren't gonna come to school. But anyway, this pastor decided he was gonna play hooky. It was a beautiful day, and he wanted to go golfing. And it was Easter Sunday. Well, he called up his associate pastor, uh, told him he wasn't feeling so well. Man, no one should ever lie. No one. No pastor. No lay people. Nobody. Okay? But anyway, this pastor, for some reason, told the associate, Pastor Lisa, I will never lie to you, girl. All right? All right? So... He uh, contacted the associate, told him he wasn't feeling well, and asked him to preach, to preach on Easter Sunday. Well, this pastor got into his car, and he drove 80 miles. He drove 80 miles, which is about 129 kilometers. He drove that far away. Why? Because he was certain that no one from his church would see him at that particular golf course. Well, up in heaven, however, there was God, and God was watching. An angel of the Lord said to the Lord, the angel said, that preacher should be preaching in his church on Easter Sunday, and he should not be out playing golf. Are you going to let him get away with that, Lord? And God gently said, no, no, I won't let him get away with it. Then the angel and the Lord watched as the preacher hit the golf ball. I'm not much into uh, golfing, but some of you are, and I appreciate that. But anyway, the angel and the Lord watched as the preacher hit the golf ball. It went, it went far it went straight towards the hole, bounced, and went right into the hole. It was, it was a 320-yard hole-in-one. I had a little talk with Bill Hibbs this morning, and, and he told me to hit it that far is really quite something. You have to really be good to hit 320 yards which is about 293 meters for you meter people. Anyway, so he got a hole in one on Easter Sunday when he should have been in church. 
the angel up in heaven said to the Lord, why? Why, Lord, why did you let him get a hole in one? Why did you let him do that? And the Lord said to him, who is he going to tell? <laughs> yeah. Bill, you got that faster than Pastor Lisa did. <laughs> All right. The scripture reading, John 20, verse 19. Here it is. Okay. That Sunday evening, the Sunday evening when, well, the day when Jesus rose from the dead, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. By the way, they were afraid because they, they knew that Jesus had been crucified and they were shivering in their boots, shaking in their boots, as we say, and they were, they were hiding away in a room somewhere. They were very burdened that perhaps the authorities were going to come for them because they were known to be followers of Jesus, and so they were afraid, as the Bible says. Suddenly, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said, as he spoke. He showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. My friends, our theme our theme today, you can see on the big screen, is a wonderful, marvelous theme, and it is this. The risen Jesus shows us his incredible love, patience, and forgiveness towards us. He shows us his love, patience, and forgiveness. I want you to begin to see that from, from the couple of the verses that we that we just read, amen? We see Jesus' love, patience, and forgiveness demonstrated especially in verses 19 and 20. Uh, now, some of, you, some of you might be saying to yourselves, well, Pastor Nick, I don't see, in verses 19 and 20, I don't see the words love, patience, or forgiveness mentioned anywhere, anywhere, in those verses, I don't see it. So where, where do you see that? Sometimes you have to kind of read between the lines, okay? So just follow me. Think about what happened. These disciples that Jesus had just appeared to, um, they, they had told him previously, they had told him that they dearly loved Jesus and that they would never leave him. They would never leave him. But do you know what happened? After Jesus was arrested, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 56 says, then all the disciples 
deserted him and fled. All the disciples deserted and fled. At a time when Jesus needed their love, they let him down. At a time when Jesus needed to be picked up, they let him be put down. How, uh, how could they live with themselves? In light of how the disciples deserted Jesus and let him down, Jesus had all the reasons. Think about this. Jesus had all the reasons in the world to not want to see the disciples again. Or if Jesus was going to see them, you would think that he would have entered that room. You'd think that he would have entered that room to blast them. Instead, Jesus entered and he blessed them. He blessed them as he said those beautiful words, peace be with you. Now, you need to be aware that peace be with you was not only a common greeting, and not only did it mean may you be saved from trouble, it also meant, it also meant may God give you every good thing. Peace be with you. May God give you every good thing. Think about Jesus appearing on the scene there and speaking those words to, to them. Suppose someone lets you down terribly and they have broken your heart, but next time you see them, next time you see them, you, you honestly say to them, May God give you every good thing. Reflect on that. May you say, may God give you every good thing, even though, even though they broke your heart. What is that? What is that? That is love. That is patience. And it is forgiveness in action. Amen? Are you with me now? It is love, it is, it is patience and forgiveness in action. Uh, perhaps you haven't deserted Jesus in the same way as did the original disciples, but the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which essentially means all have sinned and fall short of having pleased God. And out of Jesus' love and patience and forgiving, forgiving spirit, he wants to draw you and each one of us into a personal relationship with himself. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Say it with me, would you? He, God, is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The chorus of one of the greatest hymns ever written says, such love, such wondrous love, such love, such wondrous love, that God should love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this. May the Lord's love and patience and forgiveness 
draw you to himself. And even though you have started in your Christian walk perhaps many years ago, may the reflection upon his love, his patience, his forgiveness, his grace and mercy, may it draw you closer to him and say, yes, Lord, I want to know you, I want to love you, I want to serve you, I want to be all, all that you want me to be. Amen? Amen. I also find Jesus' very loving um, for the fact that on that Sunday evening, after Jesus had risen from the dead, when Jesus appeared to the disciples in some room, he, he, he as we said, spoke those words, peace be with you. Now follow me on this and you'll get it. Jesus didn't say, he didn't say, disciples, I told you many, many times that I would die and on the third day I would rise from the dead. Jesus didn't say to them, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, disciples, why don't you ever listen to me? It's interesting, very interesting to me. He didn't say that. Not one bit. He said, peace be with you. Have, you. have you ever had something happen with someone where you had to bite your lip, as we sometimes say, or, I don't know, bite your tongue so that you wouldn't, so that you wouldn't say, I told you so? Yeah. Put your hand up. You, you had to do that? Yes? Oh, yeah, a lot of you. Wow. Thousands of you. Wow. Wow. Far out. <laughs> well... <clears throat> Um, can, can you keep a secret? Can you keep a secret if I tell you of an instance where I had to try so hard to not say to my wife, I told you so? Can you keep a secret? How many of you promise me you won't tell her I told you the story? How many of you? Put your hand up. Three of you. Uh, I'll tell it to you anyway. <laughs> this weekend, this weekend, my wife is out of town so that, so that I can say a few things that I can't always say <laughs> when she's sitting right here. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I get punched out afterwards. Okay? So because she's out of town, I can tell you the story and hopefully live another day. <laughs> if something happens to me, you'll know that I didn't live another day. <laughs> okay? All right. Um, just, over, just over two years ago, my wife and I moved to a, a condominium right next door to where our daughter and her husband live and where our son and his wife live and the little children, of course. And the main reason, the main reason for the move was to hopefully see our grandchildren more often and so that my wife could more easily be available to babysit our grandkids as needed. As a lot of you know, we have two wonderful grandchildren, little Yanni, who's four, and Everly, who's two. And uh, we got two more on the way, two more on the way. Amen? So, after we moved to the condo, my wife started to hang up her clothes in the master bedroom walk-in closet. 
started to hang them up. The condo was brand new construction, and for the most part, the quality was and is excellent, except, except for the closets. That's pretty much it, except for the closets. When my wife started to hang up her clothes, and I, I fortunately saw her doing this, in the walk-in closet, I noticed that the, the bar stretching uh, about 10 feet on which she was going to hang the clothes was, uh, was not properly supported. Like 10 feet, 10 feet, you know. Bobita, come on up here, you know, come on up here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So you be the wall there, would you? Be, you, you make a beautiful wall, just, you know. So, so you know, the, the, bar, the bar to hang clothes kind of stretched from one wall to that wall, about ten feet, and there was one, one little uh, bracket in the middle, one little bracket in the middle holding this thing, this thing up. And um, you can stand up here all, all through the rest of the message if you wish. Uh, thank you, Bobita, thank you. You make a beautiful wall, all right? Um, so any, anyway, I, I, looked, I looked at how it was built and uh, I thought, you know, uh, let me ask the builder to strengthen, to strengthen this walk-in closet, uh, or, or I will do what I need to do. I will add supports. So I said that to my wife. I said, honey, we've got to, don't hang any more clothes up. We've got to strengthen this thing. Cindy said, oh, oh, it looks fine to me. It looks fine to me. Uh, she said, it was built by professionals. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing. I said, Cindy, Cindy, there is no way this bar can handle all the weight of your clothes. And, and, and a lot of you women have even more clothes than she does, so I'm not really complaining about how many clothes she has, okay? Just a reasonable amount. But I, I said, you know, this thing is not going to handle the weight. She said, well, I like it. I, I like it the way it is. And she proceeded to hang up more and more clothes. And she hung up most of her clothes. And now this husband of hers who, who led three major building, uh, church building programs and knows a little bit about construction kept his mouth shut. That was hard to do. So my wife hung up most of her clothes, and then a few days later, there was a big bang, bang, bang. And all of her clothes came crashing to the floor, and so did the bar and what was holding it up and all that. And when I saw the mess, when I saw the mess, guess what I wanted to say to her? <laughs> what did I want to say to her? I told you so. You are so brilliant. <laughs> You're so smart. But believe it or not, believe it or not, brother and sister, Stephanie, it's hard for you to believe, I kept my mouth shut. I kept my mouth shut. The next day, the next day, we phoned the builder's construction office and asked if they could please send some people to fix the broken master bedroom walk-in closet. Uh, my, my wife removed all of her clothes, 
They sent two men. They sent two men to do the repairs. My wife happened to be home when the repair guys arrived, and she uh, watched them fix it and all that. I was at the church. When I got home for supper from, from the church or hospital visitation, whatever I was doing, uh, when I got home, my wife uh, was so happy, and she showed me the new and improved master bedroom walk-in closet. Uh, she had not started to hang up the clothes as yet, and it was a good thing that she hadn't because I looked at the job the men had done, and I said, uh, sweetheart, Cindy, honey, don't hang up anything. They didn't fix it right. I said, they basically just added an extra screw on each end, and it's not much stronger than it was before. Well, guess what my wife said? She said, Oh, oh, well, they, they, were, they were two big, strong guys with a, a lot of equipment, and, 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 and they were professionals. They were professionals, and they knew what they were doing. <laughs> um, I, said, I said, Cindy, there is no way this is going to hold the weight of your clothes. It will come crashing down again. And Cindy said, no, it won't. No, won't. After supper, I needed to come back to the church for Bible study or a meeting or a visit, whatever it was. When I got home that evening, my wife was asleep, and I noticed she had hung up all her clothes in the walk-in closet, which had been repaired by two highly skilled professionals who knew what they were doing. And what does a simple pastor what does a simple pastor who has led three major building programs know about construction? It was either the, the, the next day or perhaps the day after there was what? There was another bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and all of my wife's clothes came tumbling down once again. I looked at my wife and I was tempted to say, what? You're so smart. <laughs> and praise God, I did not say a single word. I just thought it. I just thought it, George. I phoned up the construction office and I told them the walk-in closet came crashing down again. Could they please, this time, could they please send Tony the Italian. The Italian handyman. What do they call him? The Italian stallion? Something like that. Anyway, I said, could you please send Tony this time? Uh, he, he was the main handyman on the site. I had met him several times, talked with him, and I saw his handiwork. He, he was excellent. He, he did things the right way, like my father used to do. He did things right. When he fixed things, it was fixed. So uh, anyway, I said, I said to the office, he'll know how to fix it properly. Uh, Cindy had to remove all her clothes again, and I had to remove all of mine as well, as Tony was going to have to have room to work. When Tony uh, arrived, when he arrived, he acknowledged that many of the closets in the whole condominium were a problem. He himself had been upset over how poorly the initial closet installers had done their job and he had been running around fixing so many closets. And from my experience, from my experience of leading three major church building programs and from common sense, 
I made some suggestions to Tony as to what the solution uh, to the closet might be uh, so that it wouldn't come crashing down once again. And he was, like I said, a, a first class, first class um, handyman. And he said, leave it to me. He said, I'll, I'll fix it properly. And I also said, while you're at it, can you fix the other two closets? Because um, we haven't hung too much on them. They're going to fall down as well. So he said, yep, no problem. I'll fix all the closets right away. I'll work on them for you today. Well, I left the condo to come to the church to do what I needed to do. And I left Tony to fix the closets at the builder's expense. When I got home from church that day, I went to see the walk-in closet, and to my great joy, Tony, the Italian stallion, had fixed it properly. <laughs> Amen. And he fixed the other two closets. I told my, I told my wife we, we, still, we still had to repaint the damaged wall from you know when the long pole and the wood had come crashing down. But I told her once it was painted, she could safely put up all her clothes and live happily ever after after Tony fixed it. Mission accomplished. The next day I looked for Tony to express my appreciation with a, a little Tim Hortons gift certificate for fixing all three closets, and he was very, very grateful for it. Now I told you, I told you that story to say that was a time when on several occasions I wanted to say to my wife, obviously, I told you so. I told you so. Honey, I told you so. Now I wonder, I wonder if Jesus wanted to say to the disciples, I told you so. I told you so. I told you I would have to die, and on the third day I would rise up from the grave. I told you so, but you didn't. Believe me, that's not what Jesus said to them, however. Jesus said, peace be with you. What is that? That is incredible love, patience, and forgiveness towards the disciples and towards how Jesus is with you and me. And in this week to come, as you think about his beautiful love, patience, and forgiveness, may you, may you and I take a step closer, closer to the Lord. Draw me near, near, still near, blessed Lord, as one of the hymns says. May we take a step closer. May our love for him grow deeper. And you know, as we think, as we think of the love, patience, and forgiveness that Jesus shows towards us, may his example and his spirit at work in us inspire you and me to do what? To show love, patience, and forgiveness towards somebody this very week. Amen? Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the beautiful love, forgiveness, and patience that we see when you, dear Jesus, appeared to the disciples in that 
room that scary, that scary evening on the first Easter, Easter day. Oh, Lord, it's amazing how you responded to them. Instead of saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, why didn't you believe me that I would rise from the dead? We see him saying, peace be with you. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible love and patience and forgiveness that you showed towards us. And may you empower each of us to, to show this kind of a spirit towards those that we face, we meet this week, to those who are in our family, those who are in our workplace or at school, those who we meet in the grocery store. May love and patience and forgiveness shine through each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.